Good morning, everybody. It is Wednesday, December 28th at 10.50 a.m. I am, uh, I have been, that's not, I have been trying to do my diligence, my due diligence to learn a bit about both Graham Harrell and Hudson Carr, the newest additions to Purdue's football program, and I wanted to pass on my findings to you and yours. Before I do it, let me thank my sponsors. Let me thank you. Thank Martin Vintage. Martin Vintage, longtime uh, friends of Boiled Sports. Head over there. Enter Boiled at checkout after you get your cart full, chocked full of goodies, and you'll get 15% off. MartinVintage.com. And then uh, when you're on campus, when you're going to your next Purdue basketball game, maybe you're going to go see Purdue play Rutgers like I am. Uh, that's on the 2nd of January. Go to, go to eataj's.com, pre-order what you want, go to AJ's on Vine, get some delicious food, eat, enjoy it, see our friend Adam, see the whole staff there, they're great. That's AJ's on Vine, uh, eataj's.com, burgers, beef, and beer. So, uh, let's see, I think they will make playing cards. Okay, so, let's, let's talk a little bit about Hudson Card. And I'm, I, I got ahead of myself. Let's talk a little bit about Hudson Card and Graham Harrell. Let me let me tell you what I've done. The last few days, I have uh, kind of raided YouTube just to look at um, what these guys meant to their programs, what their potential effect on Ryan Walters' program will be, and how this will affect the current players, all that sort of stuff. So let me tell you what I found. First off, on the West Virginia side, um, Graham Harrell never got to do what a lot of West Virginia fans thought he would do and still think he is capable of doing. When you watch West Virginia fans talk about what Graham Harrell meant to them and what they thought he would mean to the program, he never did it. A lot of them thought he would kind of institute a, um, an option read type uh, offense with a lot of passing so they get something very familiar to them as West Virginia fans. A lot of them thought he would uh, institute just a straight-up air raid offense, which he really didn't do. Um, and so there's a, it sounds like there's a bunch of reasons why it didn't work out well in West Virginia. There were some personnel issues on the roster. There were also some issues where the head coach didn't let Harrell run exactly the offense he wanted to run. So West Virginia fans, uh, they're a little upset. There's also some interesting that I found out. I, I didn't know this, that there was a $600,000 buyout for Harrell to come to Purdue. Uh, I would assume Purdue picked that up, um, but I thought that was interesting that, that they had to pay quite a bit of money to get him to come to Purdue, and um, and it was still very, very worthwhile for all party, parties involved to get Graham Harrell. Ryan Walters has, uh, I think, publicly said, uh, we got the guy we wanted. He's singing the praises. Then, uh, most recently, a lot of people um, noted how when Ryan Walters is ready to have a recruit a recruiting win. His bat signal was just kind of him sitting contently in his car, bobbing his head to some music. Something good was coming, and sure enough, Hudson Card announced that he, announced that he was going to transfer from Texas over to Purdue. Hudson Card has been in the transfer portal for quite a while. I understand it's been weeks. What didn't just happen? He was looking at a lot of programs. Most notably, he was looking at Illinois. Now, my dad asked the question: Was Hudson Card influenced by Drew Brees? Sure, maybe. I mean, like. If you're a kid from Texas, you know who Drew Brees is. If you're a quarterback, you surely do. Um, do did they meet? I don't think they met, but I don't know. But bigger than that, I think the the lack of a defined 
uh, offense that is uh, designed to move the ball and score points at Illinois probably was the biggest help for Purdue. Andy had probably made some connection to Ryan Walters, I guess, on some point. Regardless of what the reason is he landed at Purdue, Graham Harrell really mattered to get Hudson Card here to Purdue. When I say here, as the Purdue family, to West Lafayette. Um, I'm a little confused, and maybe some of you can clarify this, but it sounds like Hudson Card um, already has his degree from Texas. He had, uh, he had been there three years, or two and a half years. This is where the, the whole COVID year and all that stuff comes in. He has three years of eligibility left. I thought he had two because he had played <clears throat> a little bit his uh, true freshman year there, had played quite a bit more his sophomore year and quite a bit more again due to injury of Ewers, his um, third year on campus. I don't even know what to call these years anymore. He had varied degrees of success. He was um, uh, battling different people for the starting job. Um, and my big takeaway from watching Texas fans talk about Hudson Card, first off, they call him HUD. I don't know if that's his nickname. I don't know if that's what we should call him as Purdue fans as he gets uh, comfortable on campus. But uh, Texas fans liked Hudson Card a lot. So you have West Virginia fans. They liked Graham Harrell. USC fans liked Graham Harrell. Uh, before he moved on to West Virginia. And Texas fans really like Hudson Card. So why do Texas fans like Hudson Card? They like him because he's a fighter. Everything that I can take away from it is that this guy left it on the field. He played through injury. He never stopped working hard to try to earn the starting role, regardless of the situation. He wasn't recruited by Sarkeesian. Um, so he was kind of put in a position where it's like, okay, I'll give it a try. And he did that multiple times. He, he, he tried to fight his way out every time. Uh, he was not the favorite son at Texas, but he still kept trying to fight his way out. Uh, he was a top 75 recruit, according to, I think, 247 is where I read that, I believe, uh, out of high school. Um, and then I wanted to give you guys, a, if you haven't watched video of Hudson Card, let me tell you my takeaways, okay? First one, he has great poise in the pocket. He is a bit the opposite of Aiden O'Connell in that when a pocket starts collapsing, he really can feel it. He's really good at feeling the pocket move and trying to find space where there is no space. Um, he is He does not have the biggest cannon of an arm from what I can watch or from what I can see over and over in the reps that I saw. Um, he is very mobile. He is very athletic, um, very solid player. But he got injured last year when Grant Ewers went down with injury. He got injured that same game with a high ankle sprain, and he played an additional, I think, four games with the high ankle sprain. He was kind of a, uh, I don't want to say square peg in a round hole, but he's a little bit of a, uh, not the best fit at Texas under Sarkeesian, or Sarkeesian's system. Sarkeesian is another one of those offensive geniuses, overused word in college football. But Sarkeesian, I'm told, from what I understand by smarter people than me, Sarkeesian runs a, a layered offensive system where he's really looking for <clears throat> ways to attack defense in layers. Um, that was not what Card was good at. Card's big thing, the, his kind of his best attribute, it looks like to me, is the ability to keep defense off balances balanced by rolling out um, when, when the pocket's collapsing, making the pass, keeping his eyes down the field, um, and even called runs. He's good on the RPO. Um, he's, he's, a, he, he's very good at reading the defensive end when, with belly option read. 
and he can make the passes he needs to make. But I don't think he's going to wow you with his big arm. If you compare him with the recent departure of Brady Allen, Brady Allen was a was a big, strong kid, decent athlete, really a bigger arm. Uh, Allen also could run the ball. Allen kind of ran a bit like he reminded, and it's a dumb thing to say, just because it's you know it's comparing somebody to a really high level guy. But he he was a lot like Andrew Luck in that he was de- deceptively athletic for his size. Allen was, and Allen had a bigger arm. Now. Somebody brought up a great point. Michael Henry brought up a great point uh, in, in a sidebar discussion with Boiled Sports Guys is, why didn't Allen climb up the, the chart under Jeff Brom at Purdue, under Brian Brom at Purdue? Why didn't he get up towards second or third? I don't know the answer to that. But something wasn't giving those coaches the confidence that he was going to be the guy. We were going to give him the keys definitely next year or the spring, whenever you want to say it. That and so a lot of discussions that sound like a Brady Allen's family during Christmas led Allen to leave. And maybe it was the fact that Graham Harrell was looking for a transfer portal quarterback right away. He admitted it publicly. I don't know if that was the greatest play by Graham Harrell, uh, if you're looking at politically. But I think he thought, if I can find a proven commodity, a guy who's played a lot of football in college, yeah, I'd like to have him. If you look at what Purdue has in their stable right now, you've got Allen, who's played extremely limited downs, what? Five downs at Purdue. You've got Alamo, Michael Alamo, who has played a little bit, but still hasn't really run the offense because when he came in general, he wasn't running a full version of um, Jeff and Brian Brom's offense. Um, and then you've got uh, Brown, who's coming in as a true freshman, who's a three-star, excited to be a Purdue guy. I'm excited to see him play. And then on the other side, the variable, um, Purdue doesn't really, or these quarterbacks really don't know exactly what they're going to get. And let me tell you what I found out. Let me tell you my research about Graham Harrell and his offense and what people say about him and what it looks like to me. Because it might surprise you a bit. It surprised me a bit. If you know what Graham Harrell is, he was a great quarterback. He was a Heisman contending quarterback. He um, uh, played at Texas Tech under Mike Leach, and they slung the ball, okay? He played in the true air raid system. The air raid system was all about you pass first, you look for soft spots in the defense. Um, uh, It's a little different than what Graham Harrell has coached in other places. Graham Harrell, in an interview, uh, said, my whole philosophy and the air raid philosophy is about attacking the grass, meaning you go to space in the defense, if there's a place there, your your receivers, your tight ends, your running backs have to find space, and the quarterback has to be able to, one, pre-read, okay, find a general idea, and then after snap read is really, really important, more important than the pre-snap read. And then those two parts got to work together. And so they all talk about everybody who works with an air raid system, some air raid-based system, it's all about the reps. It's all about the reps. You get guys out there, they start getting in rhythm and knowing each other, and all of a sudden, this offense will just click. One day, it'll just click. It may not click right out of the the shoot. It might click, but it may not. And there's a lot of moving parts. So I would say, as a Purdue fan, we should be prepared to be a little bit patient with the offense. That's my first thought on that. Um, So if you look at Jeff Brom's philosophy, Jeff Brom always talked about he wanted chunk plays, right? Always wanted chunk plays. Graham Harrell seems to want to take what the defense give you. Graham Harrell also says there is no perfect pre-snap play. Jeff Brom was always with the check with me pre-snap, meaning 
Jeff Brom wanted the quarterback to look up, right? Say, okay, look over the sideline. What do I see here? What are they telling me? Because they're looking from up top in the in the coach's booth, and they'd say, oh, we got to check out of that, find something. But he didn't let the quarterbacks make the check. He thought, we can do a better job with our eye in the sky. So this is a very, very different philosophy. Okay, um, let's see. Graham Harrell's first stop as a coach was a wide receiver coach. Uh, I believe this is his first major stop. Wide receiver coach after he decided not to play football anymore. He was wide receiver coach under Mike Leach at Washington State. He took an opportunity to jump up the, the, the coaching rungs <clears throat> when uh, Seth Luttrell at North Texas offered him an offensive quarterback and, or pardon me, offensive coordinator and quarterback coach that rolled down at North Texas. Interestingly enough, Latrell wanted more balance in his offense. Even though he hired Graham Harrell, he wanted more balance. And North Texas ran the ball 47% of the time with Harrell as their offensive coordinator. I think that's an interesting thing because I think a lot of people don't think of the air raid or Graham Harrell as that type of guy, but they ran the ball a lot. His next stop, of course, was offensive coordinator at USC. Um, and they threw the ball around 42, 43% of, uh, pardon me, ran the ball around 42, 43% of the ball. Uh, then he went on to West Virginia. He ran a hybrid, again, a hybrid air raid and rushing office, and it was not quite what a lot of people thought it'd be. Some would say, maybe we don't know what Graham Harrell is fully, but I think you do. I think what you know right now is if you're Devin Mockaby or if you're Dylan Downing, okay, you're in a pretty good position because if you can catch the ball out of the backfield, if you can sit in a zone, if you can read the linebackers, you're going to do some damage in the passing game. And on the rushing game, in the running game, there's going to be some run-pass option. Uh, there's going to be a little belly option read, a traditional belly option read. Um, you're going to run the ball. You're going to be an important part of the offense. And if those guys can hand, hang on to the ball when it's passed out into the flat or passed underneath uh, in front of the linebackers, they're going to be very productive guys. So Devin Mockaby... I, I think we all know it has made a lot of good moves. And Dylan Downing, I hope he stays. I, I haven't heard any reason to believe otherwise. Those guys are going to be extremely important right away, in my opinion, based on what I'm seeing. I think Purdue will run the ball about 40% of the time. I think Ryan Walters is still going to want an offense that gives the defense time to, to take a deep breath, take a breath, or take a break. The air raid offense, the old air raid offense, what Mike Leach, Leach ran years ago, not what he was running uh, before he passed away, they would they would strike fast. They would go very 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 quickly. Sometimes it wouldn't work, and the defense would come have to come right out back right on the field. I don't think Walter's going to want that. Just guessing what I'm seeing, but personnel is going to matter. I'm going to talk about that here in a minute. Um, again, I said reps make the system. You got to find the rhythm. Um, second thing, um, a big slot, a big slot receiver um, is a big difference maker for Graham Harrell in the offense. The reason you know that is because. At USC, he had a big slot receiver. He was a big, fast guy. He was like 6'4", 6'5". My instant thought is, let's see what Rice can do in a move inside as a slot receiver. Is he made for it? I don't know. But it looks like a big slot receiver, It having a big body helps him shield against a, a linebacker, but having that top-end speed helps him run seam routes, okay? I think Rice could be very, very important. I don't know if those position changes will happen. Um, I also think... 
there's great opportunity for the smaller guys, the uh, kind of scat type receivers, just because if you look at the, the past and air raid offenses, those fast receivers who are really good at reading a zone um, just have huge numbers. They'll put up big, big numbers. Um, that again, the small, so, so attack the grass, that attack the grass idea that I talked about earlier, Sheffield, Burks, step toe. Maybe those are the guys that can step into that role right away. Um, Sheffield showed some, some flashes of, of kind of football wisdom this year that he hadn't shown in previous seasons. I got a little frustrated with Sheffield, a lot frustrated with Sheffield because he'd make boneheaded plays in previous seasons. Most of that was gone this year. So that's a real sign. The next step would be how good can he run routes? How well can he read that defense and find that, find the grass? The next guy I think is going to be important, the tight end. Okay, and the tight end is important for multiple reasons in Harrell's offense. One thing, they, he wants a tight end that can can block really well. And he'll do a um, H-back type set where he'll slide the tight end behind the, the line, and then they'll have him cut back the other way um, and kind of shut the door, set the, set the, um, set the edge up for, uh, for a cutback run. So you're going to need... Um, Miller to be really, really good blocking, which isn't a problem. He's a big, strong guy. And the second part is when Miller is unleashed, he's got to be athletic enough to run away from linebackers, in the sp- and he's got great speed. If, you don't, if you're not aware of, of Miller's ability to get away from guys, you haven't been paying attention, when he comes off of ACL, he's going to be a super important part of Purdue's offense. Um, so the question is, is it going to be, is it going to be Card or Alamo? Um, is, is it going to be Card or Alamo? I don't know the, the answer there. I really don't know the answer. It's always interesting when a new coach comes, some, comes in someplace, a guy that hasn't had much fortune uh, seeing the field or doing big things can find new life. Alemo is a guy who's got a lot of moxie. He's got a big arm. He's pretty athletic. But he never was a great fit under Jeff Brom. I think Jeff Brom doesn't love – let's look at the past here, and I'll, I'll, it, it makes a lot of sense. He doesn't love quarterbacks that have big ego. And it's very, very clear. He really liked David Blau. He really liked Elijah Sindelar. He really liked uh, Aiden O'Connell. Those guys are about as humble as Division I quarterbacks can be, full stop. Michael Lamo, from every account, is a guy who's got a healthy ego. He really believes himself. He really believes he can make passes. He is going to have a bigger arm right away than Hudson Card. His, he's got a bigger arm. I am almost positive he can throw a better deep ball or a deeper ball. I don't know if you can throw the ball with touch. Remember, maybe the best deep ball throwers we've seen at Purdue are really guys that don't have huge arms, but they place it right in the receiver's hands. Um, I don't know if the deep ball is all that important, at least initially, under this um, augmented air raid offense that we might see from Harrell. Um, one thing that I think Purdue will need, and they may have it already in the stable, but they need a weapon, an offensive weapon that makes it nearly impossible for a defense to go straight up man on a guy. A guy that can take the top off the defense, a guy that can cause cornerbacks to say, I need help, right? I need safety help. Um, because if they do that, it falls into the strength of that air raid, that modified air raid offense where you're playing a zone, where you're not, where you're dropping guys back into coverage, and then the, the post-snap reads can happen. Um, like I said, RPAs, RPO is going to be really important to this. I think a lot of people don't think about that when they think of air raid. Um, and then finally, uh, I don't know if I mentioned this. If I mentioned this, I apologize. I've just I've kind of been thinking about things a lot. If I was going to give two guys that remind me of Hudson Carr, Card, two guys that remind me of Hudson Carr 
that you guys might know who they are. Number one, Sean Clifford at Penn State. And I know that might be a bit negative for some Purdue fans because they've watched some really accurate quarterbacks play at Purdue the last few years. Clifford was a guy that wasn't a do-it-with-your-arm type guy. Clifford was a game manager who could run the ball as well. Clifford was also a pretty successful quarterback. A lot of wins at Penn State. So Sean Clifford, his athleticism, his ability to make something out of nothing when a play would fall apart was a big deal. The other guy is Robert Marv. Robert Marv might have bigger arm than Hudson Card, but Robert Marv was deceptively athletic. And, of course, that fighter's mentality that Hudson Card has uh, demonstrated at Texas is something that uh, Marv really had at Purdue. Playing on a busted, uh, detached ACL is incredibly difficult. And, of course, Marv did that. So I'm just saying what's between the ears, what's in the chest of these guys, Robert Marv might have been that type of guy. And Robert Marv was a guy who was um, really, really comfortable. Got a lot of people on here. I wanted to address it. It looks like my dad's on here. Thanks, Dad. Thanks for watching. Um, but appreciate, appreciate the comments. Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to, new, to you and yours. And let me go through here uh, real quick. Nate Harton says, good morning. Good morning to you, sir. Uh, good to see you. Michael Gordon says, I uh, think they will make playing cards for Hudson. I don't even understand that. Sorry. Um, uh, that's that's a joke, I think. Sorry. Sorry. My laughy parts didn't react automatically. I don't mean to put you down. That's a jerk thing to do. Um, Greg Manis, hello. How are you? Andy Day. Not much happening recently. Uh, not much happening recently. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's, there's really nothing. There's no news, right? I mean, goodness gracious. What a... Um, uh, what a interesting, fun offseason we've had already for football. Really cool note. I don't know if you guys saw this on some of the Purdue football videos. Ryan Walters traveled with the team, um, and I think that's good. It's a good bonding thing. A lot of people who maybe not aren't paying attention don't understand the transfer portal, don't understand um, college football very well, are saying Ryan Walters is turning guys off. I, I think you're. I don't think you're being correct in that assessment. A lot of players might just be saying, you know what, maybe there's a bag of cash over here via NIL that I just want to go chase. Another group might say, you know what, my uncle and my grandfather during Christmas dinner, they said I really need to look at other things. Other guys might just be saying, <clears throat> I've heard things about this coach that I don't love. Whatever it is, you can't get inside of their heads, and it's really tough to start assuming what's going on. There's going to be attrition. There's going to be transition whenever there's a new coaching staff installed. That is happening now. And that's it. We are in a weird, different era than we were when I was growing up, obviously. Um, and you're seeing, you're just seeing what modern college football is, like it or not. And I could tell you, I don't love the fact that constant perpetual change is what we deal with now. I really want guys at Purdue that want to be at Purdue. And there are still quite a few on the roster. I want you guys to remember that. There are quite a few guys that really want to play at Purdue on the roster. Um, let's see. Ah, darn it. Okay. Uh, my dad says, I like the card move already. I do too. I think it's great. I think he's going to be a really good fit with this style of offense. Think about... When you think about the air raid offense, is a little bit different, and it might. But the passes they make are a lot like West Coast offense, where you don't need to make a big pass, you don't need to throw in a tight window. It's different than Jeff Brom's offense. Um, the funny thing, I watched another video which is really interesting that talked about kind of the 
the misunderstanding of what Jeff Brom's offense was supposed to be at Purdue versus what it was. It was never the offense that I think we all thought it would be. And it surely wasn't the offense that we thought it'd be after the first two years, first three years, where it was gadget plays and big chunks to find it. And it would be this high-powered juggernaut of an offense. Purdue scored, but they didn't score at the rate I think I thought they would, and probably not the you, you thought they would. This new system, let's, let's ignore our preconceptions of what we think the air rate is going to be. Let's move on completely from the idea of what Jeff Till, or Joe, gosh darn it, Joe Tiller's offense was. And I think you kind of got to go into this with a bit of an open mind because I think what Graham Harrell is going to do is adapt to the talent he has. I think he's smart enough to do that. And he's shown that he's done that at the previous stops. Now the question is, what talent will he get plugged in after the ro- roster's all settled and we're ready to go into fall camp, not spring, what does this roster look like? I think he'll react well. Greg, uh, Greg McManus says, Texas actually has some pretty good academic programs. My son had looked at um, Austin early in school. Um, oh, he's reacting to Michael Gordon's comment. Uh, Texas has academics. Texas is a good school. Um, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to disparage anybody's academics. Uh, what I hope, my biggest thing I hope, by the way, I, I do think this Hudson card is not a dodo. From, from what I've seen in his interviews, um, he's a pretty impressive guy, um, but I think we're all going to really like him as a football player too. So I hope he's a good guy. That's more important than anything. Boiler Max says, bummer to see Allen leave right around the time of this announcement. Would love to see him stay and compete for the job. Yeah, I, I really wanted to see that. And my full um, opinion of Brady Allen was I, I had really high hopes for Brady Allen. And it's a major bummer to see him leave, especially right after Christmas. It's, like a lot of you said on Twitter, this isn't the Christmas gift we were all hoping for. It surely is not. But as I said there too, transfer portal giveth, transfer transfer portal take a, taketh away. Almost right away, the news of card came up. I don't think those are coincidental thing, things, but bigger than that, I think Alan knew that he was going to have to um, compete with whoever came in, and that guy that was coming in was going to be this new coach's kind of choice. His first recruit was a transfer portal recruiter, uh, quarterback. That's a hard situation for a guy who's been fighting and scratching already. Maybe he says, I can go someplace and start right away. Now, I don't know where he's going to go. I looked this morning on Twitter to see if there was any movement on the Brady Allen news. There's nothing there. So, um, yeah, I, I was hopeful he would be a good Boilermaker. I really like the kid a lot. Um, yeah, Chris Harder says, how was my, my Christmas? It was great. It was great. Blessed, honestly. feel real blessed to be able to spend that much time with my family. I got to spend a lot of time. Oh, look at this guy. Um, yeah, Jack O'Lantern, 22, who I'm not going to tell you who he is. I'm not going to give away his identity. Many of you know who he is, but he's a he's BS uh, uh, big-time celebrity uh I'm not going to tell you who he is. You guys figure it out. See if you guys can figure it out. But he says, I uh, thought Alfred Dowd was the first Dowd in America. Um, he's maybe the, the most important Dowd in America now. How about that? Let's, get, let's give him that uh, question or that, that, uh, that moniker. Um, uh, uh, Michael Gordon says, Maccabee is two running backs in one. I think maybe he's referring to the fact that he can catch the ball in the backfield and he can run the ball very effectively. Like Maccabee a lot. Going to read a couple more here. Zachary Young says, I don't know. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah. He says every uh, defensive lineman is in the portal. Right now, Purdue is um, – they're going to they're gonna be a different look on defense and offense. But one of the things you got to look at, the defensive linemen that have left, uh, save Greg, Greg Hudgens, are guys that are fifth year. 
I cannot disparage guys who have been at Purdue for five years wanting to say, I want to do something different. I really can't. I don't know how any of us can. It, a bit of a head scratcher on some of these guys because uh, like Dean, Branson Dean specifically, we've talked about him. I really thought he had such a key role coming in. He would be rock solid to play for Walters and he would want to play in Walters' system. But he's moving on. What, what, what can you say? I mean, he's been there for a long time. Appreciate what he's done. That's really not the prototypical idea of the transfer portal and kind of the bastardization of what we think of old school um, college football. That's just a guy that's been here a long time. And he really, he's, he's going to use his COVID year wherever he lands next year. That's a lot of time since high school. And I could see you saying, you know what? All the guys I recruited with are gone. Time to move on. So those defensive tackles that are old guys, yeah, let's, it's okay. I, I support whatever they want to do. Wish they were at Purdue though. Um, Mercy. Um, sorry, I'm noticing some other comments here. Um, uh, anyway, I'm, let's see. Yeah, Boilerman, Boilerman, who, if this is the same Boilerman, I think it is, we got to meet the other night at the Purdue game. Thanks for tuning in. Says Mock seems to be a perfect fit for the air raid. Mock seems to be the perfect fit for this air raid. How about that? Like, perfect fit. Based on what we saw, I think I only saw Mockaby drop one or two passes in the times he was starting running back. Um, but... His ability to, to catch a pass out of the backfield in the flat, looking back and then able to turn his head quickly and get upfield and make that first guy miss, really, really good, really important for Purdue. Um, yeah, and uh, that's about it. Uh, Paul S., class of 88, says, excited to support our Boilers at the Citrus Bowl 50-yard line in the front row. All right, nice. That's great. Awesome to see here some Purdue fans are going. I've talked to a couple others that are going to the game. That's great. I wasn't um, in the budgetary situation that I could legitimize it even before everything started, all hell started breaking loose. But I'm glad to hear there's some Purdue fans there. I think there's a good contingent of Purdue fans down in the South. Hope they, uh, they're loud. I think the odds are long versus uh, LSU. Uh, but, but I think you got a bunch of fighters. The guys that are staying, those defensive linemen you were talking about that are transferring, Pretty much all of them are staying to play in the bowl game. That's a big deal. Uh, like I said, I've always liked Mark Hagan. Um, I think he'll have those guys dialed in. The chip on their shoulder will be very in place. I don't think this team will come out and struggle with effort. So I'm looking forward to the bowl game, of course, on uh, January 2nd. Uh, here we go. So, um, yeah, Jack Leonard 22 says, Boiler Dad hates the front row. I do. I do hate the front row for many reasons. Number one, I'm five foot four. So being in the front row means I'm looking over football helmets. I don't know anybody other than maybe if you're 6'7", 6'9", 6'10", who really can see down there. Um, and I, I like to see the game from up top. Sorry. I like to, I like to watch the whole thing unfold. So, yeah, you're right. Um, anyway, um, I, don't, I don't like to pay that much money for anything, though. That's the other thing. I'm pretty cheap. So thank you all for tuning in. Thank you for watching the live stream, watching the recorded stream. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this deep dive. I don't know if you got as much out of it as I did when I was watching all these videos and reading up, trying to figure things out. The other thing is I don't know. There's still a lot of variables. We don't know what will happen once everybody's plugged in and they're starting to mesh. What you want as a fan is you want to see all these guys find their fit, whether it's the coaches or the transfers, find their fit be in the place they need to be, specifically at Purdue. We want to see guys that really want to be at Purdue. We want to see big things. But one thing we just don't know is we don't know how all this stuff's going to mesh and how quickly it'll take. I think we're going to need to be a little bit patient, but I think there's good reason to be optimistic. So um, 
God bless you guys. Hammer down. I'm at 30 minutes. It's a long show. Thanks for staying tuned in. Uh, talk to you later. Merry Christmas. See ya.